Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster. With me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you doing on this very first day of August 2023? You know, Cody, uh, I very rarely say this, but I'm just happy to see the calendar turn into August. I hear you, man. It's been a good year. It's been a fun year that's flown by, it seems like. It has, but boy, was July a slow month in the dairy industry, it felt like. That is also very true. (laughs) Yep. Well, I guess with today's GDT, we're kind of on to bigger and better things, you could say. Yeah, the GDT today, you know, it just follows suit with the idea of poor performances, I would say coming into this GDT, there was an expectation that prices were going to move a little bit lower. I think that the net results here, we exceeded those expectations to the downside. To begin with, the net result of the auction was 4.3% lower. When we look at that average price on an index basis, this is the lowest we have seen the GDT aggregate index since September of 20. 20. I think as we dig into the numbers here a little bit more, there are just some things that really stand out. Let's start out with cheese. The cheese price edged a little bit lower. It's going to be the lowest cheese price on the GDT since December of 2020. It's going to come in at 177. That's going to compare to the EU cheddar price of about 186 and the US price right now of an average of about 191.50. And then as we move to butter, butter came in about a half a percent lower, actually performed probably the best of all of the main product categories by coming in a half a percent lower. That came in at 207. That's going to compare to the EU price of 209 and the US price currently of about 267. As we move to S&P, that edged a little bit lower here today as well. That came in at an equivalent of about 111 per pound on a U.S. dollars per pound basis, 2% lower, and came in at the lowest price since May of 2020. If we want to say that, hey, May of 2020, John, that was during the pandemic, that's just not fair to compare to, it will have to go back to August of 2019 to get to an S&P price this low. The EU is at 111 per pound. And the U.S. today started the day at 114.75 and moved to 114. I think it would be uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't focus on what we've commonly referred to as the big dog of the auction, whole milk powder. Whole milk powder today was down a striking 7.6 percent. We haven't seen a number quite this aggressive in a long time. I think we have to go back into the 2000 the mid-2000s to find a whole milk powder price that moved that much on a percentage basis. However, this is the lowest whole milk powder price since June of 2020. Again, that was during the pandemic. So if we want to just say, hey, let's strike that one from the record and see it as an outlier, we have to go back to January of 2019 to find a whole milk powder price this low. Reasons for the whole milk powder price moving this low I think whole milk powder has probably performed a little bit better over the last few auctions coming into this one than what most people's expectations were. The GDT Pulse was consistently saying we'd be 
you know, three to 4% lower. And then we come in just a little bit lower or unchanged. And then finally today, coming into this, the pulse and the futures were suggesting about three to 4% lower again. And then bam, when the dust settled, we're 7.6% lower in just a, a big downdraft there. If we look at it from a who was here buying and who was not, we kind of keep going through this pinball of is China here? And when they are, Southeast Asia isn't. And when China's not here, Southeast Asia tends to be here. We kind of continued that cycle today. Southeast Asia has generally been an outperformer and has bought quite a bit of product in the absence of China the last few auctions, I guess. On this auction, they were 12% lower than the last auction and 16% lower on a year-over-year basis. However, the good news is, is that China, who's been relatively absent, came back and they bought 82% more than they bought last auction. That sounds like a lot, and certainly it is good to see them step back into the game. However, if you remember correctly, their participation on the last auction was just dismal. And then if we compare that on a year-over-year basis, that was 32% higher. On the aggregate basis, though, China is just way, way behind on their buying. It's also worth noting there was quite a bit of whole milk powder for sale on this auction, quite a bit more than the last auction. So the, the supply was there, the demand, some players showed up, other players backed off. The net result is we just move significantly lower. Kind of going back to the cheese side of things, John, uh, I think it's very interesting to note out that last time we had talked, middle of July, our price was at about $1.52, New Zealand at $1.79, EU $1.94. So it's been uh, quite the ride to see this invergence of us being 35 to 45 cents lower to the rest of the world to now being on the higher side of the pricing on that. Yeah, uh, the U.S. dairy industry had generally been below everybody else in pricing. And here in the last couple of weeks, has really specifically on cheese and nonfat, has made a big transition. I think there are a few things that go into it. When we look at the cheese market, there is the possibility that we did see some exports go off, at least on a spot basis here as we transitioned into July. If you remember, the cheese price here on a spot basis was as low as $1.35. The rest of the world was still in that 170 to 185 area. So could we have gotten some exports out on a spot basis? Certainly. But again, those types of trades tend to happen on a longer term basis. And as far as we know, our futures prices never really got into a good place that would facilitate longer term contracts. However, we do feel certain some product was able to leave the country at $1.35 and probably clean things up. On the other side of the coin, we have to look at it to say it got hot in July and it gets hot every summer. And so we want to be really, really, really careful about how we categorize this. It certainly did get hot, but in certain areas of the country, specifically the Southwest, there were some extreme temperatures that seems to have also reduced the milk supply quite a bit. I don't know that that put everybody in a tight milk situation as much as it puts people in a, I have less milk than I thought I was going to have. If we go back, you know, six weeks ago, there was sloppy milk everywhere looking for a home. That seems to have gotten cleaned up, at least in the short term, partially because of, you know, the July milk check is going to be 1380. But also I would say that the heat probably had some effect on it. And then finally, it's taken a couple weeks for it to come to light here, but it sounds like there may have been some cheese production issues out there in the country, you know, that might have 
caused not as much cheese to be manufactured, specifically on the fresh cheddar that's between four and 30 days old. I think Phil Ford here says it all the time. They're going to be all the cheese in the world, but we trade four to 30 day old cheddar in the block form and the barrel form. And if it doesn't fit into that exact category, it leaves a little bit of a price vacuum here on the CME. And I think we did have a little bit of problems out there. And that just kind of came right at the same time that there were some extra exports and a little less milk and prices vacuumed higher. As you know, we went from a dollar thirty-five to right now I think cheddar is one ninety-five, one ninety-six. And that was all in the course of about three weeks. So if we look at the long-term implications of that, just looking at it via the rest of the world, I would say that today's whole milk powder price is a statement. And it is a a real statement. And I guess to me, it, it makes me feel like there is probably a little bit of a temporary factor to this cheese price right now. The simple fact of the matter is, is that we won't be exporting now, at least on a spot basis. And again, I don't think that we got the contracted basis out there. So there's a pretty good chance that you know, as we work through whatever spot issues we have right now and whatever exports we have right now, that we, we probably do have enough cheese in the U.S. Sometimes we run into these glitches, glitches get fixed. If it's not a structural issue, we start dealing with the issue of too much milk and too much cheese in a pretty fast way. If we look at it from the nonfat basis, again, I'm impressed with today's spot nonfat was able to hold its ground at about 114 the 114.50 in there, I believe. I think that is pretty impressive because the skim milk powder price is 111. I've said it before on here. There are certainly can be times that the U.S. price can hold that pole position in the world, but it's generally pretty fleeting, and it's generally that the U.S. price moves up before the rest of the world has a chance to move up. You know, during an auction or when we get the pricing, and before we know it. The U.S. isn't the highest price. In this case, we have the U.S. price is the highest. And from what we can tell, the rest of the world is moving down, at least on the GDT. Europe is a little bit difficult right now to get a good reading out of. A lot of people on vacation, just hard to get any confidence in where the price is going. But right now, we'll say it's steady. And I would be willing to bet that after this GDT, we'll see European prices go down. That's going to make the U.S. price at 114 look pretty expensive, and my guess is we'll see some downside out of that pricing as well. When it comes to butter, that's always difficult, right? It lives on its own island to a certain degree, but with the U.S. currently in the high 260s, I believe 267, and New Zealand at 207, and Europe right there, I don't know that it's going to cut off a lot of exports. I don't think we're very dependent on exports. But it was about this time last year we started hearing, hey, the the New Zealanders are sending, it's almost like a heat-sinking missile, looking for a home for fat. We start dealing with imports, and that really starts to work into the ingredient-grade butter that uh, can be very important for prices here in the U.S. Well, John, uh, quite a bit to wrap up in one uh, global dairy trade for this first day of August. Is there anything about the auction that stuck out to you specifically on things that we have not particularly covered so far? Well, I'm just going to focus real quick here back on whole milk powder. And again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I I can't express enough how important that price is. And like I said earlier in the uh, podcast here, Cody, 
I said this was, if we exclude the pandemic, this was the lowest price since January of 2019 on there. So I went back and looked, where were we in the U.S. when whole milk powder was this low last time? And so if I go back to January of 2019, we'll say that cheese was in the low 140s. Nonfat was at 91 cents. Butter was at 226 and whey was at 35 cents. So I guess if I if I look at that, I'll say, you know, whey is is a little bit lower than that right now, but we were just developing the CME spot market. So I'll say whey is probably, you know, right where it should be if, if we look at it through that relationship. The butter market, you know, we were at 226, now we're at 268. There's a lot of different ways this butter market can still turn out. But I would say the butter market looks a little high related to that. But I think it's interesting that the nonfat market was at 91 cents. And I think New Zealand was at a dollar at that point in time. Right now, New Zealand's at 111, right? So we're really not far off of that. And I guess I just have to look at it to say maybe 91 cents is a little too cheap on this comparison. Uh, but I wouldn't doubt it if the U.S. market you know, doesn't migrate back towards that dollar mark, which would put it right in where whole milk powder was in 2019. And then finally, the cheese market was at 142. Again, I'm just forced to look at what we saw happen in cheese here over the last three weeks as being, you know, a bit of a a, a blip, if you will. And, And again, those things certainly can happen, especially when you're talking about a market that has to be between four and 30 days old. I, I just don't want to rule out the idea that we, we see prices come back down and, and migrate more towards that 142. That doesn't mean that's where I'm saying we're going. There's probably enough you know angst in the system right now that coming from 135 going up to 195, we can probably middle out here around 165. But again, I just really want to say that you know this whole milk powder price that we saw, and if we look at it, we probably say it's probably pretty representative of the global condition. Talking to Phil earlier today and kind of working through this, he just had such a great statement here. And it really feels like milk supply is steady Eddie, right? It's not great. It's not terrible throughout the world. We'll just call milk supply pretty steady. Where we seem to be suffering is on the demand front, specifically out of China. Again, they were here today, but they haven't been in the past. And you know, I, I would say that demand is struggling. And that is just something that I think we can all stand back and say, we haven't had this kind of discussion in a very long time, right? You, you have to go back before the pandemic. Again, there was pandemic demand. And what does that mean? That, again, that was such a unique situation. But if we go back to genuine structural issues in the demand picture, we haven't talked about that in a long time. And I think we really have to focus on that because that's what it feels like we're seeing here on the whole milk powder side. And then finally, how do we fix this? How do we get out of this? And, is, you know, we need supply is something we can kind of forecast. Demand is is not easy to forecast. And right now I would look at it to say the demand picture is, without trying to forecast it too much and saying this is just where we're at right now. Demand isn't great. And so I, I guess if I look at it through that lens, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer here. I want to have kind of a sober approach to this to say, I think the prices that we're seeing here in the U.S. right now are kind of out there at the higher side of things. They're to be taken advantage of through one function or another from a producer side. 
And from an end user side, I think it's something that, sure, anything can happen. We can certainly go higher and the market can change, but I think you're trying to secure your hedges in some way with some sort of optionality so that you can participate to the downside because it just feels like we might have some downside from our current pricing structure. I agree, John. And I think with that being said, I mean, there are definitely different tools on both sides from the producer to the end user. We can definitely help to mitigate a lot of that risk here at Everag with these volatile markets that we're seeing day to day anymore, honestly. So to learn more about that, please feel free to give us a call and we will walk you through those different tools for the toolbox. But with that, that's probably going to wrap it up for this GDT Tuesday with myself and John. And we will see everybody in about two weeks on the 15th of August is the next global dairy trade. So until then, everybody have a great week, great weekend, stay safe, and we will see you next time. At Everag, we partner with every corner of the agriculture industry, from dairy to livestock, crops, and agribusiness, to deliver intelligent supply chain and risk management solutions. We are Everag, everything agriculture. Learn more at www.ever.ag/everything.